0: Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone.
1: We'll be chatting with our favourite people,
0: sharing uplifting news stories,
1: and delivering tips and tricks
0: to bring balance to your lives.
1: Hello, welcome to The Balance Podcast. Our guest today is the actor Freddie Fox. He's currently uh, the star of the hit ITV1 drama miniseries, White House Farm. If you haven't yet got involved. I think two episodes. Uh, I think there's two done, four to go. Uh, so you can, you can watch that and catch up. Maybe you're already uh, fully immersed uh, in this uh, this hit drama. We talk extensively about that. I'm not going to... I know often when I've had an actor on, I've talked about the synopsis of the show or uh, the movie or what have you that they're in, but there's no need to because Freddie does talk about that. Uh, Freddie... He's part of the Fox acting dynasty. So we talk about that. You might think one thing, Freddie explains it's quite the opposite. Uh, Acting, it's it's an assumption I've certainly made. I've I've often assumed that once an actor is in a thing, oh, they are therefore a a millionaire. (laughs) And uh, that is not the case. Uh, Freddie is also just a great laugh. I I loved Freddie a, a great deal. Uh, I will be totally honest with you, dear listener. If, if as Freddie and I were walking out of the studio, if he'd said, let's go for a three-course meal now that we're best mates, I'd have been like, yep, absolutely. Shouldn't you be putting your kids to bed? Nope, Freddie, I'm going out with you. Uh, I I, I love this guy. I thought he was absolutely great. I'd never met him before. Loved him. Absolutely loved him. Thought it was great. Uh, so White, he also shares about some of his... Uh, other upcoming projects. But White House Farm is on ITV1 now. Uh, and Freddie Fox, it, what a what a lovely chap. Y- you would take him home to meet your mum. You really would. Um, it- it's one of those where my wife will be glad when this episode goes out because I've talked about him a lot since the... quite tragic that I'm admitting that, isn't it? Uh, anyway, as ever, podcast at balance.media. For sales... Uh, we are sales at balance.media. I'll chat with you when I wrap it up. Uh, in the meantime, here is the lovely Freddie Fox. I can't thank you enough. Oh, Bless your heart. We have we, we have potentially done the, the cardinal sin of podcasts,
2: which is bonding before the recording. And you miss all those. It's like the don't shoot the first, don't shoot the rehearsal. You've got to shoot the rehearsal. Yes. Just in case. Have you experienced that? Of course. Every actor has. Go on. You go. You you know. You, you you don't even think like you're acting it. Really, you just go. Well, you know. Yeah, so we'll go in there, and then you'll do there, and then you and then I'll sort of do it like this. Whoa! That was the moment. Whoa! <laughs> Shoot now, and then you go. Oh, Christ! I've got to do it exactly like that, and it's dead. <laughs> Is it because you're all loosey goosey? You're all loosey goosey. You're not thinking about it. You're not. You're totally unselfconscious. You're just you're just focusing on the other person or whatever. You're listening. Ears wide open. Don't really care. Relax as relax as hell. And then some golden moments, and they go, should have shot it. That's the that's the phrase that accompanies every single film set. Should have shot it. I never, I've never, i I've never heard that, you know. Uh, yeah.
1: But that's true of life as well, isn't it? Absolutely. You do your best work. <laughs> it's true, isn't it,
2: when you're not overthinking it. Absolutely. It's a great maxim for life, actually. You know, just, you know, <laughs> give less of an F. <laughs> I don't know, I can't swear on a balanced podcast, can I? You, you absolutely can. Can I? I'm the worst swearer of the lot. Are you?
1: There's a little... When I put the podcast together, there's a little drag down thing: explicit, yes or no. <laughs> and every fucking episode, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like you know, blushing while I do it. Click yes, yeah. <laughs> it's invariably, yes. It's invariably my
2: fault. Yes. Are, you, are you bad with the swearing? Well, no, I'm not. I just I've you get. I don't know. You get used to it because I've done a whole day of press today. So I've got. And I, I mean, I couldn't do it on this morning with Holly and Phil, You know, Holly and Phil. But then you sort of. It's almost like Tourette's. You sort of feel like you're building up to something and you can't quite stop. It, and then sure. boom, one comes out of nowhere. And then you, you know, have the potential of offending lots of people. So I wanted to make sure that if one slipped out, I wouldn't have to go. I'm so sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I, this is a, this is a safe space.
1: Great, thanks. Um, can you? Can you? Could you? Allow us to peek behind the curtain. What is the? Because I, I know a little bit, but the the listener, I'm going to guess, won't necessarily know. what What is it like that the day of press? It just
2: give us a, an insight there. Well, of course, I mean, in our sort of celebrity hungry age, the idea of just having a day of press and talking about the things you've been doing, talking about yourself, is 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 wonderful. What an easy, fantastic way of spending a day, and of course. I mean I guess if you're a rampant narcissist then it probably is a great way to be. it. <laughs> <Okay>. But uh <laughs> but uh for for you get so bored of saying the same things again and again and again and you sort of have to be on certainly with a show like the yeah. one that I'm promoting it's 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 a it's a live topic and and there's a there's a lot at stake and, and you know serious and painful stuff uh and so you've got to be very it's sort of on all the time and going there's stuff i can say and stuff i i i, I can't you know out of respect or out of legalities purposes or whatever so um you're on all the time you're self editing constantly i feel much more relaxed here i Thank think it's God. i think it's the the wallpaper and you know obviously you <laughs> it's the
1: wallpaper it's beautiful beautiful
2: wallpaper the thing is
1: if this was a knockabout comedy let's say a, you know a will farrell movie yeah he can, he can play fast and loose, can't he? Totally. But because of the sensitive nature of this show, you can't... I mean, you know, you, it, what's... I'm going to blow in smoke already. What's apparent? You're very funny. You're very likeable. <laughs> you, you know, you have super charming. But you, because of the nature of this show, you can't go on this morning and start cracking
2: gags. No. Because then Edith in Norwich is going, have some respect. You know, it's, Absolutely. it's hard, isn't it? Edith, I, I, yeah, I'm doing... I've all of Edith from it's Norwich. It's what I've been doing today for Edith. Um, and... I suppose but I, but I suppose look i can't I certainly am not complaining because if you've done a piece of work you're if one if you're lucky enough to do the job that I do and to get employed doing it and to get to play interesting characters with wonderful creatives who and create a piece of work you're proud of, there's a great privilege and uh, in being able to talk about it and go look, we've done this together the team, and yeah. we're offering it to you now and we'd love you to see it and we'd love you to have an opinion on it so it's a vital part of it. But it's just it's it's wearing. And I and I remember my my dad actually saying to me when when I accepted the job, he said, great, wonderful part, wonderful scripts, fastidiously research, great team, great pedigree, all of those things. Fantastic. But do give a thought to a year's down the road when you've got to talk about this, because it's not going to be it's probably going to be the most difficult part of the process for you. Um, and. Especially with this, given the subject matter. Now the wonderful
1: thing, and I, I know we will get on to the show. Imagine we do it in the whole episode, I never mentioned it. But the, the wonderful thing about your, your dad and that whole family is you're so you're you are so you you i will cut to the quick. You're never gonna disappear up your own backside. We all know <laughs> we all know people, doesn't matter acting, doesn't matter what it is, they have a whiff of success and my god, they they turn on a dime and they change. That that it is
2: impossible for that to happen to you because of the, the the people you're surrounded with. I think you'd certainly get a pretty you'd get a pretty sharp shock <laughs> <laughs> over a cup of char at your mum and dad's. Go, sure. Just what? What did you say? <laughs> um, and you and you can I think you can't. It's it's harder to because you see through your family and your parents and siblings what life is like when you don't have work and you don't have money and. I I mean I remember when I was I don't know 6 um I was down with my parents in this house in the countryside that had no mains water no television I mean no central heating I mean it was a it was a, it's an amazing old thing it's like Uncle Monty's place in-
1: <laughs> without
2: you know what I yeah, mean yeah, It's yeah. that place and they've since over the years they they've made it you know a little bit more habitable sure. um <laughs> but you know it still retains its uh, rustic ness and rustic nature but anyway we were there and I remember hearing just in around that, you know, um, Mom and dad had no money. And I remember searching the house from top to toe for loose change. And I mean, I was sick, I was sick. So I didn't really quite realize what money problems were, yeah. but I, you know, and I offered whatever I had, 11 pence at the end of it and said, I think I've solved your problems. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you 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 grow up knowing that it's that this is not a, an industry for gl- for glory necessarily. It's it's an industry that you've got to, you you have to enjoy and believe in and um, want to commit yourself to completely if you're going to do it. Uh, it's not about it's not about the money in the and and the the red carpet. And there are countless actors.
1: Terran Stamp's most recent autobiography, he writes about this. Mm. Can't he 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 makes a he makes a big movie and I think he just thinks the offers well the phone will ring off the hook. And there was nothing for years. I think yeah. Superman Superman one and two was the, was the thing yeah. that, that got him back out of yeah. uh retirement. not by his choice, but yeah. by his like forced retirement. Yeah. But that's the thing with acting, isn't it? It can be, it can be feast or, or famine.
2: It is feast or famine. Yeah. And that's The the beauty of it is that you're const, it's, it's always changing. It is a movable feast, but sometimes it's a movable famine as well. <laughs> um, and so it, it keeps you... It, 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 variety is the spice of life, and it really is that. But, I, you know, I've walked back through the door after having not been in work for five or six months worrying about whether I'm going to be able to pay the rent and if I'm going to have to move back in with my parents. I'm feeling catatonic. And needing my best friend to give me a talking to and go, it's going to be fine, man. You know, it's okay. Just, just hang in there. Um, which I think when you're doing, when you're p- promoting a show, I, I, and you've got a, a, a surname that people recognise, oh, are you from that family? Well, this uh, Edith from Norwich again? Um, <laughs> and and uh, and you they think it's all, it's surely it's all, it's all wine and roses. But uh, pff, no, not at all. Yeah. A friend of mine was in Fo- what's
1: who, but a friend of mine was in footlights, and uh, he's a he's a stand up and a, and a, a Circuit comic said to yeah. him, yeah. "Oh well, you, you'll be sorted then because you went to you, you were in footlights, and nothing could be further from the truth." You know, <laughs> no. that we we're all so quick to judge and assume, but it's it's bullshit, isn't it? Really, bullshit.
2: And it's fun, I suppose, in that way to try and sort of mess around with the bullshit and go look I, and defy people's expectations. And I suppose that's what I've always wanted to do ever since I left drama school, or just wanted to play lots of different kinds of roles. Sure. Um, and whilst, you know, it, 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 one, of course, there's a limit on one's range, but I, the actors I grew up admiring were the ones that, you know, I just saw doing every kind of thing on stage, screen, radio, the lot, doing all these different kinds of roles, different kind of weird voices, different kind of physicalities. I mean, I saw this movie the other day called, I bet, no. I, I, if anyone has seen this, please write in, <laughs> <laughs> send Deal. off the back of the cereal packet and say, <laughs> I've seen this movie called Le Beaux it's a French movie made in the, I'm going to say, the 50s or the 60s. And the actor in the main role is Jean... John someone. Uh, it's gone. Um, Anyway, famous old actress. Can we 50s? look up? Yeah, please. Yeah. How are we spelling this then? L-E-B-O-S-S-U. L-E-B-O-S-S-U. Here we go. Marais. Is it? No. Is that a person?
1: Or is that a place? <laughs> oh, hang on. I've got the wrong movie. I've got Le Bossu from 1977. It's, Sorry, 1997. No, it's, it's... 1959. Yes. Here we go.
2: Charles, Jean... jean Moray? jean Moray. I was right! Well done. Here we go. Well done. And he, and I'm not kidding you, in this film, a classic, like, Alexandre Dumas-esque kind of yeah. story set in that period. And there's obviously, a yeah, movie of that time, story of that time, there's a hunchback in it who is very, this very... Um, elliptical mysterious character and i was like what who is this person and what are they going to what function in the plot are they going to serve Are they going to be the villain actually maybe I who knows the wizard hero i don't know and then the denouement of the film is john Moray, who's been the hero over the whole film pulls off the disguise i was like what i just simply wow. didn't recognize you i you know this is a movie made in the 50s and the, the, with no special effects and nothing, just makeup and, and, and grease paint. And he compl- and it was completely fooled. And I thought, that is what t- makes me tick. Amazing. Like, I'm not saying I'm going to pay a hunchback anytime soon, nor what I want to, but it's, it, it, I, I, I do think that kind of, um, uh that kind of amazing transfiguring kind of acting yeah. uh, which is quite old school i think is really cool you yeah, know incredible. it's appropriate
1: <laughs> who are you so who uh other than john ray who were the other guys who
2: when you were growing up Bert reynolds big one go on yeah what's you? what what Burt are, you, are you talking uh, well i'm talking Bert. early Burt was the stuff that really i, I loved early on was cannonball run and smokey and water. the bandit yes please and, Cannonball uh, Run and Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. If they were on ITV. You'd, be when you'd, I was a you'd kid, leave this studio right now and sweet you'd be watching. Jesus. It. But, no, but as a <laughs> nipper,
1: they, it, for a while, it felt, in the 80s, it felt like they were on ITV every week. <laughs>
2: every week? They probably were. Uh,
1: but honest to goodness, one of the most charismatic people in the history of. Unbelievable.
2: And yeah. um, I got to meet him when. No, you did not. Yeah, yeah. On one of his last ever films called, uh, <laughs> appropriately, A Bunch of Amateurs, because it was. It was, it was Bert, thank you so much, mate, thank lovely. You. Um, it was Bert at the end of his career, like, I mean, bless him, I mean, he just he didn't have a clue what time of day it was, sure. you know, and, yeah. but, you know, that's the beautiful thing about acting, still in love with it, wanting to do it, still needing it. to do it, whatever it was. Dad had made a movie with him in the 60s and said, I've just had this call from Bert Reynolds's is Bert's in London, making a film, would love to see me, an old friend. I haven't seen him for 40 years, but... Are you serious? Yeah, totally true. And I, and I said, maybe, Bert, please come. You know, please let me come. And I... uh So I went with Dad, and on set, I just remember everyone going, oh, fucking Bert this, fucking Bert that. He's a wreck. He doesn't know a lines, He had an earpiece that accidentally got tuned into the local radio cab company. I mean, like, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> not him. you can't believe Couldn't some of this stuff. Um... And I, he then came through the door. Can you imagine that? And action. I've got a, <laughs> I've got a fair going to where Brooke Hempstead? What the, what the hell is this? The script. <laughs> um, You know, and his toupees and all of this sliding around. And I just couldn't believe what I was hearing because this is my hero. I'm obviously, Deliverance then became a seminal movie for me too. Yeah. And I then he came into the theatre. They were filming in Richmond Theatre. And I was sitting down next to another beautiful old actor called Charles Derning, who you've seen Incredible. in Tootsie, Hudson yeah. Proxy, Dog's Afternoon, who I was taught, got to talk to. I mean, wow. And then Bert came in and in his playing King Lear in this amateur production of King Lear and sort of shuffled in with his girlfriend on one side and his assistant on the other, like, like holding him up. And dad said, hi, but I'm nice to see you again. He went, Oh, and his assistant said, it's Edward Fox. Come see. I said, Oh, Ed, great to see you. And my dad said, Hey, this is my son. Freddy. And I said, Oh, hi. And he said, Oh, Hey kid, do you want an autograph? And he signed me an autograph of him in his twenties, holding an American football. Amazing. Like I've still got yeah. it on my wall now. Incredible. And, um, we, we got to sit next to each other just so they were turning the cameras around for a bit. And I, uh, sat with him and I just, start he was the hunch thing and I just started talking to him and I said so can you tell me about that moment in smoking Smoking the bandit and the bit in the car and you know the when you jumped out of the window and you know the bit with a in in deliverance where you were on the back of the boat with Ned Beatty and he went and suddenly I just saw him like begin to grow he realized that he had someone who completely undividedly adored him and that his legacy his message his birthness had meant an enormous amount had changed my life he was my portal to the world of cinema and he started to grow and grow and, like, tell me about the stories about copperhead snakes on rocks in the middle of the river. And, you know, Ned was screaming, but I said, we got to go this way. And he suddenly turned oh, wow. into action Man. And I, I had, had Burt Reynolds, and he had a fan, like a, 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 one who didn't see any of the clutter and the prescription pills and the whatever. And as soon as they called him back to set, he just wilted again. And I just thought, that is a really beautiful, there's a beautiful short story there. And I made a short film where Charles Dance, uh, who I've known forever, played the Burt character in a kind of magical, realist version of that story. That's incredible. Yeah, it was an amazing moment, actually, sort of for me, you know, to see again about keeping your feet on the ground. I mean, Burt in that conversation said to me, you know, or his his girlfriend said to me, you know, he was the biggest star in Hollywood for five years. I was just about to say he was the biggest He was the biggest movie star on the planet. Yeah, he? yeah he was the biggest star on the, movie star on the planet for five years. And I was like, why do you need to tell me that? <laughs> yeah. You know, why are you telling me that now? And so that thing about kind of living in this self-alternate universe where suddenly you are brought back to reality with such grinding pain, you're not prepared for it. And so in that way, it was another lesson about Absolutely, going, don't yeah. uh, fall into the, the, you know, don't go... Don't, don't go off into la-la land.
1: Once it was apparent that you were such a fan. Yeah. <coughs> and he grew, that, that muscle memory's kicking in. You know, suddenly it's, he remembers
2: what it was like in 1973. or, or Exactly. Or, you know. Something like that, maybe. I don't know. It was just, it was a physical transformation of a kind. Amazing. Yeah. Who, who, who else? Mine, mine, as a kid, mine yeah. was Steve McQueen. Well, for understandable reasons. And who similarly also kind of fell off a cliff a bit. He did.
1: His dream was to be his. His dream was to be bigger than. I don't want to get sued. I'm, please don't sue me, the McQueen estate. His dream, <laughs> according to his first wife, Neil Adams McQueen, was to be bigger than Paul Newman. That was his motivation. Then they made the Towering Inferno. Yeah. There's the controversy over who gets billed first. So McQueen gets billed first, but is low is lower. And McQueen is... So McQueen appears on the left, and
2: Newman's name appears on the right, but a bit higher. So... Oh, I see. So they're balancing it. So, I, mean, I mean, talk about ego. Talk about ego. I would have expected better from Paul Newman, I have to say. <laughs> and
1: and so he McQueen felt he'd achieved it in the, with that movie, because his name appears first. And he, he, quit, he quit acting after the... That was it. I didn't know that. So that was his last movie, and then he made a comeback four or five years after... But the the goose was cooked. It was to come down. Yeah. It really, it really was. Yeah, yeah. Um, God. So, which one was your Queen? Great Escape. Was yeah. There. Well, of course. I just thought it was the. He was, and probably always will be, like the the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. You know that. I, I, I know, you know, know that. I mean, I've seen nineteen seventeen today. So you know, yeah. you're talking about uh, a war movie that's incredibly incredibly gritty. And obviously, I know the Great Escape. But it's all about Queen looking. Sexy. Incredibly. <laughs> yeah. He's got he's got like basically got like chinos on and uh it's not it's not army fatigue. He's a cowboy. Like.
2: He looks he looks so great. He looks know? the biz, doesn't
1: he? Was there I mean, was there is there a parallel universe where you're not an actor? What I mean by that is I've interviewed some people who are part of an acting family mm. and for a while they've almost like tried to rage against it or um but the pull has ultimately been too strong.
2: Yeah, ah uh... I don't know. I I, I never really it never. I, I wanted to be a fisherman. No, I wanted to be a fisherman. Then I wanted to be a fishmonger. Anything to do with fish. Yeah, I was obsessed with fish. Still am actually. And uh, where's that come from? Living by the sea with my with my with, with my parents sure. in that house, Uncle Monty's house, and uh, and there was a fisherman down on the who you would always you'd bring his catch in every time up. We dad and I would go swimming or whatever or rock pooling or whatever, and he was called Barry Bust, who's still a friend of mine. Amazing. And uh, you know Barry. Barry would bring his catch in and I would just be like, put my head over the edge of the boat and see lobsters and see um, cuttlefish and all these sort of things. And I'd be like, oh, my God, it's alive. It's, it's you know, I was like Frankenstein. It-ta-la. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was where it came from. But
1: even now, <laughs> even now at 41... If I see, like like you say, a a live lobster, who's a part of that? Oh my god, it's so cool! (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
2: it's so cool. It's like an alien. Um, And I I remember, God, I going with fish, you know, picking up the lobster pots, you know, with Barry on the boat, and I we found like an eight pound lobster. I don't know if an eight pound lobster exists in the the bay of Cambridge anymore. Incredible, but it was like huge. Um, So yeah, no, that's where the 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 fishing at these. Do you still fish now? To yeah, I do to relax. That's my balance. There you go. There's, There's my- something in that, though, isn't
1: there? On the on the few times I've gone fishing,
2: yeah, it's it's fantastic, isn't it? I had the most amazing day the other day. I went, uh, I was uh, just on a, wee- a little sort of cu- long weekend break in Cornwall, and a friend of mine owns a little boat, and we went up the River a bass fishing, and caught a couple of bass, which I then cooked, you know, with some sweet potato and le- you know, nice buttered leeks that night. And I and it the we most saw- delicious thing you've ever tasted. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and made all the more delicious you know as i was describing to you know the person i was with this is uh, the, but the, oh and this is the moment and by the way and this is so tender oh my god you've got to taste this flavor it's so buttery oh you know i get so excited about it and and we you but you, i was a day de- just a day fishing with kingfishers going up the river bank and just uh, that's my idea of heaven that's what i that's what i if i ever get to a grand old age and uh, a bit of anyway that's what i will spend my days doing fishing uh, for, for sure yeah. incredible yeah love it so oh, yeah, love it. now this is quite the gear shift from fishing to <laughs> the nature of the, this new show that was a cannonball run segue. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> dom de louise from nowhere <laughs> um Oh, man, in- I tell you what. When you when you're young and you see Don DeLuise in those films, yeah, that's the that's the funniest thing you've ever seen. Best isn't thing it? you've ever seen. When I, uh... he's Captain Chaos in <laughs> Cannonball Run, <laughs> yes. you can't you literally can't believe you look. Can yeah. you? <laughs> Why? you can't. Why can I not watch Don DeLuise as, uh,
2: as as Captain Chaos every day, of the every week, day forever? of the week, forever? Why, well, just eat cereal watching Don DeLuise. Different. Who was also like who? Were the th- who directed those things? I can't remember. Someone. someone... Oh, Dude. Do you know what? I don't know. I, I should know. I don't know who directs the camera. I think it's like Bert's stunt man. You know, like stunt captain. I think he d- directs most of those. Just two. to ensure that Burt looks as Burt as possible. Burt as possible. And, you know, breaks a couple of ribs in the you know, process and is super hard. I'd, I'd need to IMDB those yeah, 100%. Can I live? I like, wish I could hazard a guess. I love guessing games, but... The, do you ever play the movie game? Have you ever played the movie? Go on. So where you go, at, where you go, actor, film... And then from that film, another actor, and then film actor, and you can add director in there. So you can go. If I went, it's li- jumping from. Yeah, so I went Leonardo DiCaprio. You'd say a, a film, any like, movie, any movie he's been in that he's in. Yeah, Titanic. And I'd say it's good that I went for a really left field one. Uh, well, right, exactly. And then I'd say Kate Winslet, and you'd say. Something that shit, right? Okay, and then Heavenly you can try and make it harder and harder and harder. And so then, uh, uh, when you get to one that you either don't know, you have to fake it. And if you fake it, you can go bullshit. And if I have faked it, then I lose a life. And if I haven't faked it, then you lose oh, this is you a life. a great life. game. It's a great game, and you can add director in there to make it really, you know, tricky if you're a movie buff. Do you want to play a quick game now? Real quick game. I love Fuck. it. Okay.
1: Right. Okay. Here we go. God, so do mistake. I go first with yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I'll go. I'll go, Steve McQueen.
2: Okay. I'll go, um, well, let's say we've been talking about, it. let's go Great Escape. I'll go, oh, f- I'll go Richard Attenborough. Okay, I'll go 10 Rillington Place. I- I'm out. <laughs> no, you should have faked it. You should have said Judy Garland. I've <laughs> <laughs> <Adam> got <Garth>, bullshit. <laughs> well played. But you could have said John Hurt if you were in the mood. Go on. Karen, let's pat Karen, as if you said John Hurt. John Hurt. I'd say, oh, we could go hard or we could go easy. Could, we could say, we could say, we could. Let's go easy. Well, let's go. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, right? And then I'd go Daniel Radcliffe, and I'd go Victor Frankenstein, and I'd go James McAvoy. You could have, or you could have said Freddy Fox. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll <coughs> go off on uh, And I'm gonna say Atonement. Susha, Ronan. Okay, I'm gonna say On Chesil Beach. Sam Clayfin. No, Bullshit. Yeah!
1: <laughs> Mate, I love yeah. this game. So now, I've, never been, I've never been more delighted to be 2-0 down in anything. Right,
2: well, got one more, one more. Okay, got, one more. I'm, I'm in this now, you go. Okay, 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 okay. So uh, I'll, go, I'll go first then. Okay. I'll go Freddy Fox. <laughs> um, okay, uh, do we go for a good film that Freddy Fox has in, or <laughs> most of the films he's been in which haven't been very good? Let's go Pride. Uh, Paddy Considine. Very good. Dead Man's Shoes. Which, by the way, I know. I mean, what a movie. Uh, Shane Meadows. Okay, we're going director in there. Fine, shake it up. Uh, We'll go uh, This is England. Vicky McClure. Ooh, film with Vicky McClure in it. Blimey, that's tricky. Yeah. Ooh, The Iron Lady. Bullshit. Ah! Shit. I think it is, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just couldn't think of a film that Vicky did. Mean, I've f- seen so much TV, but I can't think of a film. Season. That was, a, I mean, that was a swing. I was swinging the baseball bat with my eyes shut. There. <laughs> Two one. <laughs> so well, I, that, I'll take that. That, that was, was fantastic. Thank you for, for bringing that game into my life. Well, look at it. You know, that's next Christmas sorted.
1: <laughs> After the, might, I, I'd be the only one who'd be passionate about playing that. <laughs> my wife'd be like, "Fuck, I'm so bored." She, yeah, she really, oh. She really would. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's amazing. It's a good game. There will be, there will be listeners now. On a train, desperate to get home to to play,
2: play the that movie game. game, and they're part of a game. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, listen to this podcast. It makes that's sense. a good game. It's a good game, and you can. I mean, I I, I have rounds of the movie game that I still remember where I laid a fantastic. card. Were you there. really not so heart. happy about obscure movies where someone goes Alec Guinness and you're like, uh, oh no no, someone says Jack Hawkins, thinking yeah. they're going like, to catch you out, and yeah. you say the prisoner, and they're like eh, bullshit, and you're like, no, nah, wow, true. Actually watched it this Christmas. Uh, good movie, D- massively dated, and it's basically a play. But so no, but it has Jack Hawkins and Alec Guinness in it, so it's worth worth a watch. Jack Hawkins is, is in Zulu. Yeah, exactly. I rewatched that recently. Yeah, totally. I think it holds. I think it holds up. It holds. I mean, other than the fact that you sort of get cross with the English for, you know, basically being imperialist scum. But as a film... As a film... It holds up massively. Obviously...
1: (laughs) Obviously the story is... It's not ideal.
2: But you're still in... (laughs) Hang on! (laughs) Out of context, what I've just said sounds... (laughs)
1: You know, the good old (laughs) ex. Oh,
2: my God. I thought I needed to call you on that one. Thank you so much. (laughs) No, genuinely, because if you'd not... not... And i gone, yeah, isn't it
1: brilliant? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They don't make him like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, but uh, Kane is amazing in it, and then uh, Stanley Stan-
2: Baker, isn't it? Stanley Baker, yeah. The
1: the because I remember watching that as a kid, and you assume that Stanley Baker must have been the
2: the biggest movie star. Yeah, in, and it, it, for whatever reason, it, it just I it just know. doesn't quite. I don't know why. I mean, there could, one could hypothesise why, and I wouldn't want to because I'd probably be wrong. But I saw him in a movie recently called Accident, a Joe Losey film, another film with lots of amazing things about it but not doesn't quite work. But he, there's a drunk scene in that film where he and Dirk Bogart get pissed together and I can only assume that Stanley Baker knew how to drink because, my God, that's really? the best drunk acting I've ever seen. It's incredible. I mean, like you know, usually directors say to you on set, "No, just pull back, just do, just do a bit less, bit less on the drunk." Well, it looks absolutely hammered. He goes for it, and it is so true and so real. It's oh, amazing. It's bad drunk acting. Make it. It's the worst thing. It's in the, the world. worst thing in the world. Yeah. Uh,
1: now I, I do need to. I, I do need to re, uh, crowbar us back to the. <laughs> but now the thing, the thing with ITV, and again, regular listeners will know one of my catchphrases is it sounds like i own shares in x <laughs> so it does sound like i own shares in itv when i say this right but in the past 10 years it has become the home of some of the greatest dramas ever made hasn't it i think so yeah um so how, how did this one come about because this is this is a
2: this is a big old show isn't it it's a big show in its in its way but one that needs to be handled with real care and still needs to be handled with real care <clears throat> um it came about in the way that so many parts come about you get you get you hear about an audition and in fact i was told about the audition by my agent uh, uh, the, the 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 project way before saying it's really sad because you're not available for this you know audition to for for this um white house farm project that they're doing so the agent goes this project will be great for you, but I don't think logistically you can do it. But I don't think you can do it. And, and I was like, and I, so I was like, oh, is it a great character? And they said, well, it's a pretty dark character. Have you heard of Jeremy Bamba, Yeah, I think I've heard of Jeremy bamba but I don't know why. But, and he said, well, forget about it. You ain't going to get an audition for it. They then moved the shooting dates and I was available to do it, to audition for it. So yes. like, like and when you get sent scripts and some sides and you're like, oh, I haven't really got time to read these scripts. Christ, I've just got to learn the lines because I've got to do it in two days. But I thought, oh, I'll, I'll do the first one as quickly as a dyslexic person can um who reads very slowly and I threw the first one I was like oh my gosh this is ex- stranger than fiction story and utterly gripping and clearly very well, well researched um and uh doesn't feel um sort of uh, what's the word I'm not not salacious it doesn't feel um gratuitous in any way but it's still the dark story i didn't know about and by the end of reading the first script once and the second script twice, and having learned the lines and hadn't had much sleep, I was determined that I really wanted to do my very best with this. I then went in and met the director Paul Whittington, who has since become one of my most favourite artist, you know, collaborations I've ever had. Uh and um I I I did, did my best. Amazing. Yeah. So
1: I I'm I'm I, you know, I like to think sort of thing that should, I sort of thought I should keep in my head. I thought I, I think I have a good grasp of uh, major events. I did this. This whole story was totally news to me. I did. Ah, right. I did not know about it. And the more I read about
2: it to prepare for this, mm. I was like, "How the? How on earth did I not?" Because I mean, this it was it was huge at the at the time, wasn't it? Huge. It was the it was the the biggest and most uh, extreme mass murder of its kind in this country until very recently. Uh, and obviously highly contentious because Jeremy Bamber still yes professes his innocence, and it could only have been one of two people. It could only have been Sheila or 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 Jeremy, and there is only one person who will ever know the complete truth of that, and they're in prison still and still very much alive. So it's it's it is such an unusual case, uh, and because of the extremity of it, where it involved young children being killed, you 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 you. T- you're you're apprehensive even at the idea of approaching it dramatically, and so but because the scripts were so good and taking it back to ITV's um, heritage in this um, in this department, it gave you faith that it was going to be done properly. Added to which, Paul Whittington, who I mentioned before, directed The Moor Side and Little Boy Blue, which are two Jeez. of the best yeah. you know uh, true life true true crime stories you know delivered so well that I've I've ever seen on television. Yeah.
1: How do you is there ever a danger of the of the the um the darkness getting inside
2: you how do you how do you cope with that Yeah it's a good question I think I mean would try not just not not to take one's work home with you except the lines for the next day but you're you the whole the whole MO is to is to get under the skin of the character and not let it get under yours and I remember wow I know again Mate, you give me, you give me, you give me so many <laughs> gems in this chat. No, I'm nearly going to give a speech. Well, I did. <laughs> well, sunken. I look forward to it. Um, I, 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 uh, I think actually that's partly stolen. Actually, that that from Dominic West, who I read an article when he played Fred West, and he said there's a necessary levi- le- a necessary levity that you need to have on uh, on set with the other actors in order to juxtapose what you're doing, because otherwise you'd sort of become very depressed and possibly not like yourself very much and you don't need i don't think anyway i don't need to do that in order to play someone who is psychologically complex um i do need to do the research i do need to certain for certain scenes uh in the drama it takes you to, to to difficult and emotional places but i suppose in a way if you can justify it through a positive where you are doing it for the piece you're doing it and you're doing it in order to, do, to give the best job that you can for them sort of almost for the memory at least for me for for the memory of those that that died and going we've chosen to do this and we've got to do the best justice by you ergo we've got to tell the story as well as we possibly can and that does mean you know going to difficult places and and um embracing it and then having a good team around you to pick you back up again what, what
1: do you what do you do to pick yourself pick yourself back up again do you uh <clears throat> is it as
2: simple as going home and you're watching a, a Burt reynolds movie or something yeah it can be that yeah. you know go home and watch you know die hard or you or you know or i mean which we you know Sweet you jesus yeah I know I mean, we get back to a whole other podcast but the the do that or you know the end of a scene you need a brilliant director who you trust to give you a massive hug and say We, that was great, but I want you to go again. Stay there, stay there. Trust me, it's great. But give me a little bit more of that. Do that a little bit faster. Just pull back on that moment. Go again. Cameras keep rolling. Don't stop. We're in. We're we're getting there. We're getting to something quite quite cool here. That's really, I don't mean cool, but something quite truth oh, no. truthful here. Uh, let's keep going. And then by the end of it, you feel cathartically like you've done justice to it a bit. What what do you, what what sort of research do you do to to get under the skin
1: of that of that character then?
2: Um, I sort of tried to I tried to, to, to sort of play as sort as multifaceted sort of a hand as I could. So um, on on the research, so I read the the books, the source material, uh, Colin Kefell's um, retrospective called "In Search of the Rainbow's End," and, and Carol Ann Lee's very sort of factually factually punct no t- is the wrong word fastidiously researched yes. sort of piece a uh, book. Uh, called the murders at White House Farm. So to give me the bedrock of what was happening, I then interviewed Colin, who was unbelievably generous with his time. And you know, I, there was nothing I couldn't ask him. And given, you know, he lost his two sons and his ex-wife in that 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 moment, it was an extraordinary act of kind of acceptance and courage. Um and i spoke to him i spoke to officials who were connected with the case and had you know had memories but hadn't really talked to the public about them for whatever reason uh, i spoke to a, a, a criminal psychologist who was assistant ba- uh, governor of the scrubs when when Bamba was admitted i listened to Bamba's voice a lot to try and get the kind of idiosyncrasies of some of the way he spoke um but without doing a cast sign in- in- imitation and in that way i was quite lucky there's not much video footage of him so i had a little bit more of a uh, an opportunity to make him my Jeremy Bamber rather than the I was about to Jeremy say,
1: Bamber. Yeah. An actor that
2: said that to me before
1: that it, it's they're able to do their interpretation of X rather
2: than ever feeling the need that they're doing an impersonation. I think so. I, otherwise, you're always going to come unstuck. And um, I, I I don't know. It's it's a fine balancing act, and sometimes you go, you know, you see. What's, um Renee Zellweger playing Judy Garland, and it seems so—that's a perfect imitation. Yes, but has the essence of the the, tr- the truth of that actor, what they're feeling in the moment, and so you're going heavier on the uh, impersonation elements of it, and then times where it's, you'll see an actor who's playing. Catherine the Great, but has you know, I don't know. We've not no video footage of Catherine the Great. No, that's a really good but example, do you know though, what I mean? Yeah, you can yeah. kind of do it their way, and certain actors favor certain stars more. I mean, your Steve McQueen probably wouldn't have even even attempted an accent, no, and would have gone, "I am yeah. Prince Philip," sure. <laughs> <You know>? absolutely, <laughs> yeah, uh, or Prince Philip. But I, uh, uh, <laughs> and then other actors that need Daniel Day Lewis need to go into that 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 more immersively imitated sort of space. So, any so listener. And I,
1: the thing is with this show is that I know anyone who loves good drama will already be all over this show. But to, to any listener who doesn't know uh, the story without... Yeah, not, <laughs> I know time is limited. Can you just uh, share a little bit in terms of, of what had happened and
2: what, and what they might sure. expect with this? Which is the kind of person... This is the, who I, I'm explaining to, to me uh, two years ago when I didn't know anything about the case at all. So I... Um, in in uh, the middle of the summer, uh, August 1985, uh, Essex police in Chelmsford got a call from Jeremy Bamber who said, my father has just rung me. Jeremy lived at a, in a cottage in the next door village to, to, to where his the farmhouse was. I've just had a call from my father who says, my sister who's staying at the farmhouse has gone berserk with a gun and the phone went dead. Um, like someone had cut it off and the police arrive, Jeremy Bamba meets them there. And, uh, there's no response from inside the house, whatever the SWAT team or or not SWAT team, but you know what I mean? Armed police come and they, they hail and for hours and hours until the early morning. And then eventually they break down the door and they find all five occupants of the household. Jeremy Bamba's adopted father, father, mother, adopted sister, and her two twin boys all shot to death. Uh, with a 2.2 rifle, and uh, the rifle was on Sheila Bamba's, lying across Sheila Bamba's body, with a Bible next to her. She had a history of manic, of of of, of psychotic behaviour, uh, schizophrenia, and um, a sort of religious schizophrenic mania, and yet was heavily was heavily sedated on medication and she had the rifle on her chest and a Bible by her bed, two bullet wounds under her chin. And it looked like she'd killed everyone and shot herself. Her father was found downstairs who'd been sort of shot, but also bludgeoned to death. had been a big fight downstairs and the police almost immediately uh, assumed given that the house was locked from the inside that it was a murder suicide and to try and prevent too much press attention, they tried to shut the case down as fast as possible, Jeremy Bam, but then began to display very strange behaviour and started to sell off uh, stuff from uh, all the property, from in, uh, the belongings from inside the house, pre-probate to make money. And acted like, you know, nothing had really happened until the funeral of his, of the family. And he famously, there are some infamous pictures of him weeping, holding his girlfriend's hand and Colin, the father of the two boys, holding him up. Um, but it, people all, always looked at that footage and went, that seems people weren't sure whether it was genuine. Uh, anyway, Jeremy Bamber. Uh, there was one police officer stan yeah. jones who went above his superior's head and said something's not right about this the crime scene was completely compromised by the police from the very beginning and the media went berserk in a most egregious way you know going mad model k- kills her kids it's, it was so disgusting and of of its very much of its time yes. yeah. attitude towards mental health which is for- which fortunately changed. um And uh, the family, surrounding family, cousins of of the Bambas, also didn't believe that Sheila was, one, capable of firing a gun, reloading a gun, bludgeoning her father to death, uh, killing her kids. Even picking up a cup of coffee was a challenge because how heavily medicated she was. Didn't believe that it was possible. Um, Coupled with Jeremy's rather strange behaviour at the time, uh, they went back into the house and found... Lots of evidence, including a window that could be closed from the outside and making it seem that the wind, that the house had been locked up from the inside all the time. Eventually, uh, uh, Jeremy Bamber was arrested and convicted of five counts of murder in 1986. That was not the short version, but that is I mean, that's,
1: the complete version. I yes. mean, it's you know absolutely
2: harrowing and heartbreaking, isn't it? It's and of course, as I, I should say, Jeremy Bamber still professes his innocence and that he's had two... Uh, he's had one appeal at the high court that was turned down. He's had one appeal, uh, one sort of submission for appeal turned down by the Criminal Case Review Commission, and he's now in the process of trying to launch a new appeal on the basis that Essex Police suppressed evidence uh, at the time uh, that, uh, that, that that then you know led to his unfair conviction. He's been in prison for I can't remember about that, just over thirty five years. Now, can you can you um, can you share what what's
1: coming next for twenty twenty then?
2: Uh, I, uh, well, this, which comes out tomorrow, uh, starts coming out tomorrow, and then I'm doing, uh. uh is, it, is this weekly from tomorrow? Weekly from tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow at nine. Fantastic. And then, uh, I'm doing, uh, I, I, I'm just finishing filming on The Crown, series four of The Crown. Um. Yes. <laughs> now
1: that's, I mean, now that is, uh,. Can you share who you are in The Crown? Yes, I can. Mark Thatcher.
2: Yes. Yes. Now, that's a that's a juicy one, isn't it? Another psychologically <laughs> complex <laughs> character, yes, which I've enjoyed playing very much with the same director who directed White House Farm, who I love, Paul Whittington, so I've, I've been Gosh. lucky enough to work with him again. Um, uh, that, a series called The Great, which I just do a, a, a week on with Nick Holt and Al and, um, Fanning, uh, and I've got a few films coming out next year. Oh, a series called Invisible with Variety ITV with Jason Watkins, uh, uh, which was a lot of fun. And then a couple of films next year. One called Fanny Light Delivered, which is an independent film with Maxine Peake uh, and Charles Dance. And another called Higher Grounds, which is a kind of comedy about c- comedy about coffee, starring Kate Nash. All the curse curse sounds.
1: Hang, <laughs> hey, that's a that's a great idea because we, we we're talking about a dearth of uh, comedy movies. Yeah. So this is a this is a comedy about coffee. Comedy about baristas, yeah.
2: Yeah. Go um, on. About yeah, you wouldn't believe the world of baristas. It's fascinating. Uh, there are... Bar- there's the World Barista Championships. There are National Barista Championships. And they... And it's... This is serious shit. I mean, it's taken very seriously. And if you win the World Barista Championships, your life can completely change. You start your own coffee coffee stores. Uh, you get huge sponsorship. But if you come second or third, or, or any of the other numbers, not so much. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But- My <coughs> latte wasn't spice chai enough. Uh, so
1: I've not... I've not, I've not touched alcohol for, it will be
2: nine years in four days time. So the reason That's why I'm, you were looking at your watch, like nine years, four days, five minutes and 34 <laughs> five, seconds. Four, um, <laughs>
1: but the reason why I say this is because So a t- tea total. And then I've got to be careful with coffee. So I've not, I've not drunk coffee for, for years. Yeah. Because I have to watch myself. And then my wife and I went on holiday. This is too much information for a, a non-anecdote. But anyway, <laughs> we're by the pool and my wife goes, Do you want a coffee? And I was like, No. I, you know, absolutely not. She comes back with a with two coffees. And I and honestly, this first sip, I mean it was oh. it, yeah, I mean it was dangerous. Yeah. And and that was it. I was straight back in there. Yeah. How many a day? I'm not ugh. I'm not. You know what? I'm not too bad now, and it, I limit it to two or three. At your worst, oh, should have, I shudder to think? What? And I literally do shudder. <laughs> but the, the thing, but my relationship with coffee is, if I have more than three, it's like I'm, it's like I'm gurning on yeah, class yeah. A You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the eighties impression of Prince Charles. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So I, yeah, coffee. I do have a, a
2: tempestuous. Relationship with yeah? How about are you alright with coffee? Would well, you know what? Since that film, Go I would never touched coffee. I'd never touched. I hated the smell of it. I hated the taste of it. I I, I couldn't understand it. Why people liked it? I was like, it's like eating a sm- drinking a burnt tree. It, what is with it? And then I started researching this film, and there was a world champion barista there who said, you know, wherever he was, or he this was a guy was a man was from. He said, you know, have you ever tried a, a latte? And I was like, well, I don't like coffee. And he went, well, try one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> like as smooth as that. And, and uh, what was it like? Sip. A whole new world. <laughs> don't you dare close your eyes. <laughs> was, was it that? It was. It was a kind of, oh, damn. My sure. my taste buds have changed. Yeah. It's like when you like whiskey for that's the first exactly, time and you suddenly exactly go, ooh. Ooh, and then you sort of feel a bit guilty, and you think maybe I should go and hide in the corner and not talk to anyone for a bit because I've t- done a bad thing. God, do I like
1: whiskey? Yeah, I L- do.
2: Looking over both shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I, 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 and it happened. And then I've, I've, have had, I had a coffee today, and, uh, and I suppose I have, have, have I might have two or three a week, but which isn't bad, yeah. you know. I'd love to get back to two or three a week. <laughs> I think I'm going to try and keep it that way. I do drink more tea, though. I do love a tea. I think there's something settling about tea. You know the world is going to be okay just for ten minutes when you're having a cup of tea. That is so when, true. you know, politics is ruining everything. Because coffee, you can't do that. You can't unwind no, with a coffee. No, because it amps you up to it go, ups- I'm going to solve that problem. Whereas tea goes, even though it is caffeine, somehow it's the kind of, I think it's the Miss Tiggywinkle factor about it
1: tease doing that so listener I'm I'm calmly lowering my hands tease that Beew. Beew. and coffee unfortunately is... yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah exactly so does this song take place at the world bristle championships then it does yeah oh, it does beautiful. it's a beautiful thing we were um, the world bristle championships in this case because we were filming in belgrade happened to be happening in oh no actually it was maybe maybe it was set in Cro- maybe that world bristle championships is set in croatia i think but we filmed it in belgrade
1: now I, I, I'm, again, I'm blowing. I'm, I'm blowing smoke. Love it. Your your career trajectory right now, you absolutely have the world by the tail. Now
2: we talked earlier about feast and famine, but this right now, baby, this is all feast, isn't it? <laughs> well, I don't know. I think it's perhaps that's a matter of perception. But I, I'm very flattered. I'm very, I'm very flattered for that um, perception. I, I think, you know, I have to again. It's like getting into that mindset of going because television is such an ephemeral medium. There's so much of it. You go. This is a moment where people hope will see work and enjoy it or at least take something from it, uh, be uh, be curious about it. And maybe it will mean that I get another audition for something that is interesting. Um, uh, I'm trying to deprogram myself for thinking this is going to mean anything. I just go, it's a piece of work that I ha- I happen to really enjoy making. I'm very happy about that. I had that opportunity. And now what's next? I don't know. Oh, well, I'm doing a second series of year of the rabbit. So I do know, but after that, I mean, I'm, I refuse to believe that it will necessarily mean anything. Is it almost like
1: each gig is a calling card for the for the potential... It's like, like Tarzan swinging from vine to vine.
2: <laughs> that first time I've ever been compared to Tarzan. <laughs> um, I sort of... You'd like to think that, you know, there's a sort of... Busyness, certainly work does breed work. There's no doubt about that. But it, it would be a mistake to think, oh, that means I'm going to get... A gig, another gig like this, it just doesn't. It doesn't. All it means is you're building up a body of work that might mean something in the in the long term, if you're in it for the long haul. Now,
1: before you go, is is there a role? And I'm not trying to jinx it. I'm, I'm more trying to, uh, you know, perhaps get wheels in motion. Is there a role where you let the mind wander and you think, I've always wanted to play X?
2: Well, since an hour and a half ago, I'm looking at him. <laughs> oh, on. <God. laughs> I want to do the chair. I want to shave their heads. <laughs> I want to grow the facial hair. That'll take me oh a few years. God. So I might have to mess hey, it. I
1: mean, I, I would be flattered. I can't think of anyone <laughs> on the planet. I would
2: a, more inappropriate no, to no, play no, no, me. No. I'd be a more honoured, but then would be feel so sorry for you. So, question: Who would you like to play you in the movie of your life, mate? I'd be, I'd be honoured if you if you took it. Right. I well well <laughs> send semi- me. I'll write my own contract <laughs> for that. You you are in. I don't in. I don't really. I would learn certain things I'd love to do. I'd love to play the MC in Cabaret. I'd love to do another Shakespeare. I'd like to play Henry the Fourth, Fifth. Um, I'd like to, I just would like variety. I just like the opportunity to, to be different, to just variety. I don't really know what comes next. Whatever happens next will be great. I hope, you know, if I'm lucky enough to get another job and another job and another job and whatever they are, I'm, I, I I they'll, they'll, that, that's enough for me. I don't really need to know what will come next. I don't think.
1: I want to say something, and it's a compliment. And I, but we've gotten so well. I don't want it to end with
2: you uh, crawling over the desk and throttling me to death.
1: <laughs> but you would be you. I
2: imagine as this. Oh, uh, there is one. Go on. Go on. go on. No, no, go on. Well, no, you have. No, you, I want to say your thing first, and then I'll say my thing.
1: But you'd be. You. I mean, you would hoover up. You have got such an amazing face. Thank you. You'd be a great. You'd be a great young. Oh. Uh, you'd be a great. As a, a, I still read comic books now, you'd be a great young joker.
2: Opposite oh, Robert Pattinson. I thought you meant. I, thought I said Carl Jung. I thought you said you yeah, was He's your accent. Carl Jung. It's my normal <laughs> accent. Jung. <laughs> Jung. You make you a great Jung. You make young. a great Jung. You oh, thanks very much. <laughs> oh no, actually, you make a great a Young Joker. Thank you. Yeah, I'd I'd be delighted. I mean, again, I think we need to leave it a few years just to clear the clear the air from the guy who's about to win an Oscar. But yes. Then yeah, I'd love to. Um, but then also, it, I can imagine you. Have you ever thought about?
1: Does Bond ever float your
2: I mean, I think every young boy sure. thinks about playing Bond. I think the reality of that is, I I just can't grow a full beard, so I just don't think Bonds come in my way. I think maybe Bond Bond villain would be great though, wouldn't it? But, Bond villains don't have to grow a full full beard. But Bond, I think Bond. You know, all things
1: all always change. Will Bond not one day? Because I know you're so young. But young, in fact, young. <laughs> but Bond one day may go back to the the Roger Moore quippery, though. Yeah, I mean,
2: and, and Moore couldn't grow a full beard, could he? Moore, I, I don't. Or maybe he could. What well, do you know? I think we don't want to do him down. I think he probably could, but yeah. we never see him with one. You know what? What? I, yeah, because yeah, we love we we love Moore. He was such a clean-shaven Bond. He's, I he guess what I was, but yeah. and I'm beginning to work on the eyebrow. But it, I mean, I've got a few years. Let's be honest. But like, I could, I I'd, what, I'd, I'd love to play a bit of a quippy, quippy Bond in a in a in if you know in the new world arena that Bond is now because I know now he's gone, habiting. he's gone uh, brooding and and you know yeah. g- and, and grizzled and so on yeah but th- you know these things always change, don't they? We'll see, we'll see. I mean, Bond villain though, yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd, I've always. I mean, one of my heroes is 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 Bowie. I'd I'd love to. You know what? Yeah, I wish I'd had the guts to
1: to say Bowie earlier because that's what I was getting yeah, all time tied over. He's quite special. You'd be, you'd be.
2: Has that has that been in the offing? Uh, again, I, I, I shall say no more at this point. Yeah. But again, because without without with with the hope that one day that it might, and I wouldn't want to jinx it. But I, I just, I well, I love him, and and I think a lot of people love him, but he's. I don't know, we all feel, I think he's one of those very few, one of the very few special people where everyone feels like they've got a piece of him in them. And uh, I'm sure I'd love that opportunity one day, if that ever came up.
1: Who's the one you were going to say?
2: You went, oh, Bowie. Oh, was it Bowie? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to play him. And I do... There, I could be made to look like him if i did stopped eating. I mean, you, <laughs> you, you,
1: you, I mean even sitting here now, you have a, you have a look of him. Yeah, I'd l- I would love to do that. Yeah. I, could ima- I, I could imagine
2: you thwarting uh, Indiana Jones... Oh, God, you're pulling out... Well, these are fantastic. This is going back to... This is this is boyhood dream stuff. I don't know. I, I, um, I sort of see myself a little bit more like Denim Elliot in, in the Indiana Jones yeah. films. Like a young Denim Elliot. The one who's just a bit crap and wears linen. <laughs> a
1: bit crap and wears linen. Uh, do you have a... Last thing then,
2: before we go... I, this is, again, this is a
1: classic catchphrase. I'll say, last question, and then like Columbo will like eke out another month of yeah, questions.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> What's your favourite indie... My favourite indie... Indiana Jones. Okay. Okay. So my favourite Indiana Jones film is the first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark. But my favourite scene in Indiana Jones is, which I have watched so many times on repeat, is the one from the third one third one's my favorite. where they're flirting in oh the thing. Oh, my God. The flirting be- scene, between those two. And they, he's, he, they're, they're, I can't remember if they're hitting each other, but they're just... There, being, there, there, there is definitely a, a slap, isn't there? There is a slap. And I, and, I, and I don't think it's an inappropriate scene. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to roll a deck of my mind. But they, they play at Scruble. Yeah. But they play at Scruble. And yeah. there are some lines where he gets really serious. And you're like, Harrison, you are a funny man. So funny. Oh, God, funny. And she is so brilliant in it as well. And I... Um, I, I would gladly say that the ending of that film, uh, where the, 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 the knight raises his eyebrow and goes, he draws poorly, is also one of the great yeah. lines in all popular
1: film. <laughs> the scene in that that gets me every time is when Connery thinks India's <gasps> died. Oh. And the line is, I can't, I wish I could do it. I can't do it, Connery. Eh. I thought I'd lost your boy.
2: Yes, it's beautiful. I thought I'd lost your boy. And they hug and then the other great bit I'd lost your boy. What's the other it's a good impression that? It's good. It's 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 eighties impressionist it's me doing an eighties impressionist doing Sean Connery rather than I loved it. <laughs> oh, thank you. And what's the other one? Wait, wait. There's there one more scene we've got to reference before we leave. <laughs> what is it? It's the one where they're tied up together. Yes. And he Connery does the greatest raised eyebrow Roger Moore style. Actually, worthy of Roger Moore. They were pals, weren't they? Were Connery they? And Moore. Oh, I, I love that. There
1: was a preview screening of a Bond movie, and Connery takes Moore as his plus one before That's Moore was. That's Bond. They were a, they were pals. Yeah. What a heartwarming. But what's the scene? The moment they're tied up, there's the the fire.
2: They're in the fire, there's the fire, but there's a lot of, like, raised eyebrow, like, you know, sort of, like, amateur Buster Keaton work going on, and it's really funny. It's really funny. He has a really funny line where I think he thinks... I I can't remember. It's sexual innuendo stuff, like, cheap but brilliant. It's just perfectly played by them. Before we go, I'm going to say this.
1: With some young actors... I think the, the key to being a star as a film as a film fan the audience need to love you. <laughs> I and I think with you by the end of this episode my friend our listeners will love you your charm oh, your like you. your innate likeability has, has shone through thank you. and it's been such a, a I'm really crying saying this oh. what an absolute privilege to 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 meet you. Pleasure and I think mind. you know this you, I mean your body of work speaks for itself but what is exciting
2: is in many ways, you, this I mean, this is the beginning of the journey, isn't it? Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll do another interview and have another chat in five years' time and see what, what's gone right or wrong.
1: My dream in five years is for me, you're, you're the new James Bond,
2: and I'll go, Freddie! Freddie! And you'll go, I, I've never met you. I've never, I've never met you. Before. Wait, did you say young? <laughs> I know I know National Recall that was great mate it was lovely thank you
1: so much so lovely bless you that was great man thanks man top dude great we're shaking hands on the podcast I love, I love doing that that's great <laughs> thanks man thank, <laughs> you thank you so much huge no, thanks to Freddie Fox see what I mean you want to play that movie again don't you Oh, do us a solid if you enjoy the podcast I know a lot of you do this I'm very grateful spread the word share it on Facebook share it on Twitter share it on Instagram LinkedIn I'm on LinkedIn, baby. Socials, we're at BalanceLDN. Our website is balance.media. I am at James Gill Comedy. And as I say, drop me an email podcast at balance.media, sales at balance.media. Take care. Have a lovely week. Bye.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?